everybody, and welcome to Submitted for Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. And I am Brandon Cruz, your host. And with me today, I have a very special guest hailing from the northeastern side of the United States, Matt Ramo. Welcome. What's up, Brandon? Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Um, I am from the northern eastern part of the United States, New York City <laughs> specifically, yeah. uh, Bronx, New York. Um, I direct, I'm currently directing, uh, Ring the Bell, which is on our fantastic host, geekade.com, uh, wrestling wrap-up show. Yeah. Um, in addition, I, I write my own scripts, uh, I direct my own scripts, um, and, uh, I'm an audio guy by trade. So post-production audio, live sound, was in a band, you know, I think I'm a cool guy. Ooh, awesome. A band. Uh, I'm not that music. I was just a bass player. I'm not that musically inclined. <laughs> you know, there's there's a lesson I learned way back when. You're not just a bass player. You and the drummer are the foundation of a band, or yes, something. But, or something. <laughs> but <laughs> but no one sleeps with a bass player. Touche, <laughs> ah, touche. <laughs> so Twilight Zone, huh? Twilight. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get away, let's get away from the bass player stuff. Uh, I mean, you're right. But Twilight Zone. Uh, Again, we're talking today about Third from the Sun, uh, originally aired January 8th, 1960, stars the great Fritz Weaver as uh, William Sterka, uh, directed by Richard L. Bear, who later on went to direct the famous episode To Serve Man. Uh, the teleplay is by Rod Serling, and this is Richard Matheson's, uh, rich, his second published story, so this is based off a nice Richard Matheson story. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Richard Matheson, actually. He, he's awesome. Awesome. Button, button. Um, <laughs> so let's, let's, get in, let's get into the story here. Uh, it starts closing time at a factory. And uh, William Sterka, he's talking to this guy named Carlick. Um, and I had to remember his name because it rhymes with garlic and weird cowlick. How I put... The, the mnemonics it, I use for it. Is it Carlick or Carling? I th- like Carlig. It <laughs> so I watch I watch the show with subtitles and it, it said <laughs> it said Carlick. So if Hulu is wrong, you know, I've I've been writing some weird stuff down. It might be well, it might be Carling. It All the all the research I have done shows Carling, but we're just splitting hairs. Well, you know what? You know what? We'll We'll go with Carling, and if <laughs> uh, and since I don't like him, Carlick. Ten four. <laughs> All right. Uh, so so Sturka and Carling uh, are <laughs> are talking outside the factory, and basically they work at like a nuclear uh, missile kind of s- s- silo, and uh, Carling is giving him kind of the Sturka the kind of in- in- interrogative. Um, kind of cold shoulder. Um, it's kind of a uh, you know big brother type society, and basically the world is going to end in forty eight hours, sometime within the next forty eight hours. And uh, Sturka is he has a plan to get his family out and away from the planet before this nuclear holocaust happens. Essentially, their country is planning on bombing, and the other country. And that country is going to bomb their country far less successfully. And I use that in quotes because Carling says so. 
So Circa goes back to his to his house, to his family, and he sees his daughter, and he says to his daughter, I don't want you going out tonight. Uh, our our friends Jerry and Anne are coming over, and we're going to have dinner and, and, and card night. Please don't leave. And daughter's like, okay, I won't go with my boyfriend. Circa talks to his wife and says, hey, we're leaving tonight. We're We're getting on a spaceship, and we're heading out of here. And then there's like a scene where his friend Jerry comes in and then they do this like weird um, like kind of cryptic talk where Jerry who is the spaceship pilot and who will be flying them away from the planet uh, they're trying to talk in code to each other and Circa's like oh Jerry let me see your watch (laughs) (laughs) it looks like it might have rust in it (laughs) it's like this very like if anybody was watching him, they'd be like, "We know you're. We know you're talking about." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, so, so they they go into his workshop and they're they're talking about like uh, Jerry says, "We have to we have to get out of here. Uh, we can't do it tonight. Uh, we're supposed to do it eleven or sorry at one, but the guard I paid off he works at eleven, and so William Sturka says, "Well, then I guess we'll have to leave earlier." Makes sense. Makes sense. So, sure. So they leave the workshop, uh, and then, of course, Carl Cowlick, he, he, <laughs> he, his head pops up uh, on the window, and he's like, huh? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> so then the scene switches. They're at dinner now. Uh, William, his wife, is, his daughter is... Uh, I keep hitting this chord. His daughter is in the background, um, and, and they're, they're playing cards. They're all playing cards. And uh, they they do like a weird like '70s show thing where they're like <laughs> on on the Lazy Susan, yeah. <laughs> they, they like put the camera on like this Lazy Susan and just spin it around the table. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, and uh, so the wives they go into the kitchen to do '50s wifeish things, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Sturka and and Jerry they 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 start talking. Jerry says. I finally figured out where we're going and he takes out a piece of paper and it shows the coordinates to uh, a different planet. And then Cowlick shows up, he comes in <laughs> and he's, he's, he's very suspicious of these guys. I, I would, I wouldn't even say suspicious. He knows that, that they're going to, they're planning on something. Well, I, I think it's revealed to the audience when he kind of pops his head up in the very snidely whiplash sort of sense. Uh, he's heard everything despite uh, the, <laughs> Despite um, Sturka's attempt to mask their uh, speaking, he puts yeah. on that like compressor or whatever. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Cowlick knows everything. <laughs> and and they're really during during the you know, the initial scene at the the plant, and during the the scene now at the dinner where Cowlick is talking to Jerry and Sturka. Those guys are not very smooth. There's there's nothing smooth <laughs> about these dudes at all. Like, even if even if Cowlick didn't suspect anything, I would suspect something after talking to these guys. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, definitely uh, espionage and being a spy is totally out for them. <laughs> it's just um, like, nah, hang it up, brother. Yeah, and then so then the wives coming back in, like uh, Mrs. Circa brings in lemonade, uh, and then. Uh, Jerry's wife brings in a cake, right? She's like, I'll start cutting the cake while, while Cowlick is still giving them the, the kind of third degree. 
and and Chelsea, you know, my wife, she <laughs> she pulls out weird things that I don't notice usually. And so sure. she's like the the scene is drawn out and Jerry's wife is cutting the cake and she like she pauses cutting the cake for a minute. <laughs> she's like uh Calic says something like she picks up the piece of paper with the coordinates and there's this really tense moment, right? And she, Jerry's wife is just she's paused like with a knife <laughs> midway through the cake, just like so tense. <laughs> and Chelsea's like, uh, cut the friggin' cake already. <laughs> uh, you know, not- if, if she were, if she were a real wife, like if she, she had her husband's back, she probably just would have stabbed Cowlick because <laughs> if they were leaving the planet, what would it have mattered? Uh, so, so true. So many things that don't ma- matter if you really, you know what, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> all my crazy theories. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, all right. Cal, Cal like, oh, okay, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow at work. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, <laughs> nudge, nudge. <laughs> and Circa's like, okay, guys, we, we got to get out of here. Uh, we need, we need to leave whatever. Uh, so, so they start driving in there their weird sounding car and they drive all <laughs> all the way to the uh the hangar where the spaceship is or the 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 flight line and the Jerry says okay we need to signal the guard that i paid off okay the flashlight there's a flashlight in the distance okay cool there he comes here he comes turns out Cowlick the the amazing Mm-mm-mm. Carling Cowlick it's him. <laughs> he knew all along. Who knew? Oh, <laughs> Not I, I don't know, man. S- s- did you know? I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I did. Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Calic comes up. Yeah, so Calic comes up and he says, okay, boys, we're going to take you to the authorities. Now that now Jerry's wife does the wifely duty. And she, yeah. and she hits Cowlick with the door, um, and then they, uh, Jerry or, or uh, the other guy, they hit him with the, the gun, and he passes out. Uh, n- not passes out. He gets knocked the F out. Yeah. Uh, so, so then they hop back in the car, and then they, they drive full bore towards the spaceship. They, they get on the spaceship. They knock out two guards, and then they fly away. Now, in the spaceship, it... There's there's like a weird dramatic disconnect there. All of a sudden, it's like there's no excitement, and they're just plotting a course. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and Sturka says says to him, um, "All right, cool, we're, we're out of here." And Jerry's like, "We I know where we're going. It's a little place, third planet from the sun, uh, a planet called dot 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 Earth." <gasps> dun 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 the big reveal they weren't there on it is they weren't on earth at all the entire time they were on a different what uh, absolutely uh there's a there's Man. a big twist yep. and th- that's the episode so so tell me matt <clears throat> yes matt ramo not yes, ryu sir. what nope. <laughs> what did you think of what did you think of the episode um you know, I, I can't remember the first time I watched this. Um, when, 
before cable was so commonplace, I can remember on uh, New Year's Eve, they used to run like a 24 or 48 hour marathon. Yeah. And that's where a lot of the big episodes come from where people say, oh, I like X and Y. And I don't think that this was an episode that really got a lot of uh, attention. Mm -hmm. And so now that they're available on Hulu and Netflix and stuff, uh, I'm sure like you, I've gone back and said, I love this show. I want to watch it from the beginning, as I think a lot of people have. Yeah. And so this, you know, this comes up episode 14 of the first season. And I think it's a great episode. Um, I think... I don't know that when I was younger, I would have been like, oh, this is awesome. The twist at the end. But I think now, like where I'm at in life and my career and stuff, I read and I could really appreciate like the twist, you know, and, and again, it, it aired in 1960. Yeah. So, you know, I, I feel like people had a much more narrow uh, mindset when it came to storytelling and stuff like that, like something like The Sixth Sense would have just blown their brains apart, you know? <laughs> so this is, I feel like this ending, when they say a planet called Earth, was what happened to us modern day with the sixth sense, just blew our brains apart. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I think it's paced really well. You know, you sit there and you watch these guys from start to finish, they feed you. You know, the world's going to end in 48 hours because we're looking, we're facing a giant nuclear holocaust. Uh, you know, um, you get that one antagonist uh, or Carling Cowlick guy who's, <laughs> yeah. you know, every everyone knows one. Just oh, he's such a, uh. and so here are these guys just trying to do right by themselves and and their families. And, yeah, you know, like we, you know, they work for this. Uh, I believe it's a weapons factory or like a like a nuclear weapons factory or something. So they're really in like the the thick of it. And uh, you know, I can sympathize because sometimes you just uh, you take a job because you need the money, and then it turns out you're working on the A bomb. You know, <laughs> who knew? Uh, who knew? Uh, I, I thought I was making bread, but uh, no, it's it's <laughs> well. I mean, okay. So here's the other part of it that I think, um, like a lot of Twilight Zone episodes, are really um, strike uh, hits home. I should say for a lot of people mm-hmm. is that like um, you know I think I think what the Twilight Zone does as a whole or has done as a whole is take situations that i think every man in some capacity can relate to and then you know does it's twilight zone thing where they flip it on its head or they throw you a curveball or something so something like uh third from the sun i I can totally see people in 1960 really relating to because we just detonated two you know bombs to end the japanese involvement of world war ii yeah and um you know um i don't i don't know how familiar you are with the recording industry, but a, a very famous recording engineer who's since passed on, uh, Tommy Dowd, was actually, uh, I believe he was studying at Columbia University in New York, and he was a physicist or a mathematician. I think a mathematician. I, I, I forget now. Okay. And he worked on the A-bomb. And the thing about the A-bomb was they, everybody who worked on it was working on a tiny piece of it. So they didn't, nobody knew. So that way, God forbid, Germany invaded America or, you know, Japan came along, you know, no one person knew the whole scope. And so when the bombs detonated, Tommy Dowd realized uh, what he worked on and he was like, I never want to be part of that again. And so he stepped away and he moved into the audio recording world, much to everyone's, you know, praise because he's multi, multi uh, award winning recording uh, art uh, engineer, rather, excuse me. Right. So, right. I can I can totally see uh, Stroika and his buddy uh, Jerry kind of feeling the same way. Like uh, you know, we're not we're not really doing anything to 
make this place a better place. Let's yeah. get the hell out of here. <laughs> right, right. You know, <laughs> like, like why, why are we working on this bomb? Like, why, why are we? You know, for the most part, they're probably being forced into it, right? Um, I mean, Jerry is is a test pilot, but for Sturka, he's almost against his will because the state wants him. Uh, is 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 listening to them like thought police type stuff. Right. There's this, there's that sequence when or the scene when he comes home rather when he first when we first meet his daughter and he's talking to his daughter and she's all distraught like he's like don't go out on your date tonight and he won't tell her why. Yeah. And she's all like but dad and and you know he kind of hints like something big's happening and I, I need you to be with us and he he has a line where he where she's really upset with him and he tries to rationalize it by saying like look I'm just a cog in a wheel <laughs> and that's like. I feel like that's right up there with like um, when when people go, they talk about how like the Nazi party rose to power. There were yeah. some who were like pro-Nazi, you know, uh, uh, anti-Jew and anti-outsider. And then yeah. there were some that just wanted to have like a prosperous country again. And so there's some who were like, oh, they were just doing what they were told and you know, there are some that are like, no, they they proactively sought to perpetuate this behavior or whatever. And so I I, I kind of laughed in a very um, cynical manner when he's like, I'm just a cog in a wheel, <laughs> you know, like, oh, well, way to way to take responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Way, way to see yourself out, you, you jerk. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like like during the Nuremberg trials, like, no, nah, just just cog in a wheel. Just cog in a wheel. <laughs> Oh, innocent. Keep it going. Next, you know, like that. Like that's actually going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I think that was OJ's defense too. Was like, hey, <laughs> just cog, just cog in a wheel. <laughs> if the, if the, oh, excuse if the, me. If the cog doesn't fit, you must yep. quit. Yeah. There you go. I, I think that was. Uh, I think that was the front page of the newspaper the next day, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> that, that's right. And then, and they just found that cog in the back of the Brentwood apartment. That's crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I think uh, I think there's an interesting um point that's made later later on throughout really throughout the episode when Jerry mentions the whole stuff about there is there there are people on a different planet that they they speak a similar language to ours and with work we can translate and then at, at the very end they're like we're going to a place where the people are like us to Earth. And having just recently watched people are like all over, uh, you know, that's not a good thing. <laughs> you know, if you're leaving, if you're leaving a planet where your, your people are about to nuke the hell out of each other, do you really want people to be like you at the new place? <laughs> uh, you, you definitely raise a very interesting point. Um, I don't no, I don't want to go against the host and be banned, but I don't think that was the intention when he said people like us, but you're not at all wrong because you're right. How do you leave a society, a planet full of people where nuclear war is the answer and then say, oh, they're just like us on this other planet <laughs> yeah. because you're completely wrong or you actually now here comes the meta part where you come to Earth and, you know, modern their modern day 1960 yeah. is the 
you know, just you're just a couple years away, <laughs> uh, a couple years removed from Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Like, yeah. oh, in order to get out of an entire world war, we just bomb two complete cities. You, you know, so it you you make a a completely valid point. <laughs> you know, here, here's a here's a thought, and I'm just gonna run this by you. What if? Shoot. What if those people on the spaceship became directors and then directed <laughs> Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bum? Mm, wow. Twi- I like it. Twi- Twilight Zone. Twi- <laughs> Twilight Zone, real life Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so they, they leave that planet uh, where nuclear holocaust, whatever, and then they come here mm-hmm. and they're like, you know what? Let's, let's get famous. And tell the <laughs> tell the story of <laughs> of our home planet. I like to think sometimes that uh, when I when I think about this episode in retrospect, I like to think sometimes that they got to Earth, they took a look around, and were like, uh, you know what, we were better back home, <laughs> and just just went back home. <laughs> they, they just go back home, and like, and since everyone's yeah. dead there, they're like, oh, cool, we'll just we'll, we'll pick. Well, now they'll have a. They'll have a Burgess Meredith moment and they'll break their glasses. <laughs> there was, there's time now. Uh, there's time. Um, <laughs> uh, there, so there's a couple indications too on on the uh, that they weren't even on Earth, right? Like, so Chelsea, when she, when she, we were watching it last night, she's like, "Why does the telephone sound so weird? It sounds like an iPhone, like somebody's annoying iPhone sound, because mm. the telephone's like." Uh, i you know what i I don't remember i i watched it i'm not gonna lie i watched this episode uh, i don't know a couple weeks back i took my notes and stuff i I really and then i just kept it moving i i I wish you would lie oh uh yeah no that's so weird i noticed that when i was watching it uh very strange (laughs) exactly Uh, yeah that was perfect perfect Uh, (laughs) so there's like the telephone and the car actually made like a weird noise when they're driving at the spaceship too it was like it, it it didn't sound like it cars. definitely right yeah it definitely didn't sound like like a you know a 1950s buick engine or, wh- or whatever it yeah. definitely had like a jetsons-esque you know hum <laughs> to yeah. it um their son leroy elroy uh, it doesn't matter so, so elroy. <laughs> leroy i think you're thinking of elroy some other jenkins show. from world War. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, yes. So, so those two, th- those two sounds, uh, along with the camera angles and also the the camera lenses, uh, Chelsea, I- I'm using her a lot in this this episode. That's um, okay. But she she was also like, is there any shot in this episode that isn't weird looking or at kind of a slanted angle? Um, and mm-hmm. that's act that was actually intentional uh, by Richard Bear to use like um kind of always use wide angles and also have Mm -hmm. the 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 cameras at an angle so the viewer would be like this feels weird this doesn't seem right uh so they would know that it's different from earth um well okay so i don't know if that was effective but well okay so as a (laughs) as a self-proclaimed filmmaker um (laughs) you know filmmaking isn't just about um you know, taking a script, getting some actors to act it out, and then, you know, editing it together. It's a lot more that goes into it. You know, sure. you watch a horror movie, it's shot a certain way. You watch a, a sci-fi thriller, whatever it is. Everything has a specific kind of look. And and as viewers, we've kind of been trained that way, whether we know it or not. And so when we see things 
they call them Dutch angles. When we see things like a Dutch angle, yeah. which is something that is not, um, you know, set up like a horizon where it's every every character's you know lined up properly, the shot is lined up properly, like the way we look at stuff. Yeah. When we see anything that's askew, it invokes a particular uh, response Unse- internally. Unsettling, right? Right, exactly. So in horror films, you'll get that. In some sci-fi, you'll get that. Things like uh, like Terry Gilliam movies, especially, you'll mm. get those Dutch angles and very weird. And and you know, he puts uh, like Bear here puts uh, different lenses, non-conventional uh, lenses, on the camera to again elicit a particular response from the audience to um, to have a particular look to to a scene. So one of the things that uh, you know, I, I think as a filmmaker, I would do is if I wanted to make something be different, then yeah, absolutely change the angle, uh, put the camera in a strange place, give it a different uh, uh, point of view, you know, go real high, go real low, you know, do stuff like that. Because if you want, like I said, if you want it to be different, then, you know, you have to do something different. Right, right. Um, what, what did you what did you think of the overall uh, directing of the episode? Um, all right. Maybe, maybe we're comes, getting down the rabbit hole a little bit, but <laughs> uh, you know, let's go for the journey. Why not? I think, um, okay. I will, I will preface it all with this. Um, the twilight zone, you know, it's run was from, was it 59 59 to 60? Yeah. Right. 59 to 60 thereabouts. So, you know, the school of acting was very different. You know, nowadays we would, as, as a, I guess a, a film watching group of people would kind of kind of take shots at it because some of the acting's hokey. You know, we they'll make fun of Willie, William Shatner for um, the the Gremlin episode. There's something <laughs> on the wing, you know. Yeah. They ham it up. So some of these actors do ham it up. So that being said, forgetting that some of this can ver- be very hammy, I mm-hmm. think it was done pretty well. Um, you know, Carling being the antagonist, this. Uh, kind of uh smarmy big brother you know know it all like does he really know what i'm doing and is i thought i was doing a good job hiding it you know and he's he knows everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right all right brandon <laughs> <laughs> we know where you stand on that um but you know but 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 the family the the, the strikers or whatever they um you know uh the two main guys will and jerry you know, portraying like the blue collar guys who are just looking out for their families. I think it's all done really well. The the wife maybe pausing a little too long with the cake cutting, <laughs> you know. There's some things, you know, that could have been done differently. But we're also talking almost uh like a seventy year gap. So yeah. acting has come a long way, I suppose. Don't don't but ask I think, me to do uh, the math, yeah. No, please. Um <laughs> no, but I, I think but but that's the thing about the Twilight Zone. Apart from the stories themselves and the storytelling i think it all still holds up the acting is is good you know Mm -hmm. again you look at it from the from a point of view of like you know 1960 it's still good and i think it's i think it's uh i think it comes together really really well um it definitely you know uh dialogue story composition it holds you to the end to the big reveal that they're leaving their home planet which is not planet earth because we're also uh, trained to believe that just because it takes place on a planet that looks very similar to Earth, you know, we believe they're on Earth, but they say, hey, no, we're going to a place called Earth. 
you know, I think it, I think it all holds up really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, if you were to put some kind of grading to it, it doesn't have to be a oh number. It, it, it could be any kind of grading ditch you want. What would you, what would you put it at? Uh, I like the good old one to 10. So I think I'll give this like a solid, solid eight. Solid eight. All right. I'll, I'll, write, eight, yeah. I'll write that down. And we'll, we'll keep an average of what your scores are. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Cause I'm, I'm not, I'm not writing it down. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I'd, uh, I'd, I would agree with you. Um, just mm-hmm. from like some, some of the, the angles that he, uh, bear used were actually really cool. Um, so like there's a scene where they're at the table and Jerry is showing the, the piece of paper is like, yes. here, here's the coordinates. Right. And, yep. and, and Carling walks in and he sees them doing it. And he ma- Jerry puts that paper on the table immediately, right? He puts it mm-hmm. face down. And so the camera is below the glass table and it's looking up at the two men and Carling. Uh, and you, yep. and you could see the, the coordinates face down on the glass table. So it's, it's telling the audience, Hey, you know, this is, this is that same piece of paper that they're going to be interacting with here in a minute when Jerry's like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, uh, Sturrock, you owe me money. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're they They play it off to uh, Carling as, as something as part of their card game. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you said that because uh, about that card table, the, the glass table shot, because that's absolutely my favorite shot in the whole, um, the whole show, mm-hmm. the whole uh, episode. Um, there's just, I mean, I don't want to take up too much time, but there's just so much great storytelling in that one shot. You get the three shot of all three men. You get the tension because as the audience member, you're privy to what is on that piece of paper. Yep. Uh, so now you, as the audience member, like I said before, with the Twilight Zone, you can put yourself somewhat in someone in the main character's shoes. So now you're in the main character's shoes. You're privy to this information. So now you're there with Will and Jerry. This tension-filled moment, like, please don't let him find out, even though it's fairly obvious he knows exactly what's going on. But you're wondering now, is Carling going to out the men in front of their wives and daughter. So you have this really great, t- I, I think it's probably the best tension you can get for 1960. Yeah, I agree. I, t- I, t- I completely agree with it. Yeah. I, I make the joke about the cake and the, and the, the lemonade and all that stuff like that. But mm-hmm. th- I mean, that really is a, a really tense scene. And I mm-hmm. think it, it is, it is done really well for all the jokes I make about it. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. I mean, if I think if we, well, my philosophy on life is if I don't make fun of you, I don't care about you. And I'll sit here and make fun of Twilight Zone, you know, to the nth degree. But <laughs> yeah. it really and truly, in my opinion, is one of the best television shows on that was on television. And I think it's one of the most important television shows that was on, like, ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, all right, man. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on. Uh, absolutely thank and, you for having me and, and, and talking about the episode uh where where can we find some more stuff about you some of the stuff that you've done <laughs> um let's see i mean obviously you can go to geekade.com and check out every episode of ring the bell as of recording this episode we just put out our season finale for season one uh it's been a wild 23 episodes and i Ooh. can't believe we did it yeah, <laughs> thank you and um there's a few more things in store for Ring the Bell and Geek Aid. Um, uh, you know, as far as my own personal stuff, uh, I got a lot of stuff in the works. Um, so in time, you know, things will appear. Uh, you know, if you're listening to this and you, you want to just shoot me any questions, I'm on Facebook. 
<laughs> and you, you can stalk me on Facebook. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, like your own personal Facebook? Yeah, go for it. I, oh. I don't care. <laughs> I All like right, meeting everybody. new people. All right, everybody. Over to Matt's Facebook. Woo. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, th- thanks again, dude. Uh, Absolutely. For for everybody else, if you want to get a hold of the show, uh, submit it for your approval, you can do that in a multitude of ways. You can hit me up on Facebook, uh, www.facebook.com slash S4YA. Uh, you also hit me up on Twitter, S4YA underscore podcast or Gmail, uh, S4YA podcast at gmail.com. Please hit me up. Yeah, uh, send send me your send me your letters, your your messages. Even if you just want to complain about how awful I did the synopsis this episode, doesn't matter. <laughs> just hit hit me up. Uh, I love to interact with you guys. Um, all, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher. If you are interested, do a review or rate it. Uh, as long as you listen and interact, that's what's really important to me. And uh, thank you so much again, Matt. Uh, until next time, I've got you in a couple weeks for. The Hitchhiker. Yes, sir. Uh, And so looking forward to that. Absolutely. Until next time, everybody. Thank you.